Welcome everyone back to the Sandalanch. I am Dak, here with Dita, Jamie, and Joe. And this week we have read chapters 12 and 13 of The Final Empire, wherein Vin attended her first high society ball and made a problematic new friend, and then she stalked Kelsey over the rooftops again and found out what Adium does, and it is not volcanoes, which is some bullshit. Uh, so yeah, get ready, yeah. The Sandalanch is about to begin. Okay, so before we get started this week, I just want to say up front, let everybody know, you guys are probably used to us doing two chapters an episode, but in an effort to keep kind of the same amount of text that we're reading every week, the next several chapters are quite short, so we will be doing chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17. That's right, a whopping four chapters for next week. So anybody who's reading along, you want to read all four of those for next time. Don't worry, they're they're relatively short, which is why we're doing so many. So just want to get that out of the way up front. So what did the three of y'all think of these two chapters, other than your incredible disappointment that everyone doesn't get volcanoes? I'm never getting over that. The ball uh, the ball went down about how I expected. She was nervous at first, then she did okay. I like the Venture character uh, that she met up with and kind of flirted with. I thought he was kind of interesting. Um, obviously, Sazed was appalled by that, and Kelsier seemed to not like that either, so... Um, I'm guessing that's going to cause some trouble down the line for us. I like that we sort of got an insight into the noble society and, you know, what they're what they're up to when they're just hanging out at their parties. And even like the, the decor inside, looking at all the windows and, you know, Vin's wondering if it's, she's wondering if they're, they're forced to have that or if they really believe it. And she doesn't know if she really believes it and finding how she's sucked into that sort of society. I thought that was really cool to have a look into that side of things as well. Yeah, and of course, really Adium, gotten... it was... No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I should say, we hadn't really gotten a look at nobles, like, being noble yet. They've all talked about the nobility, but we've only seen kind of the ska end of things at this point. Oh, he was sort of fun. I did, it wasn't quite as eventful as I thought it was going to be, but I guess that's a good starting point for a spy anyway. There were a couple of things hidden throughout which surprised me a bit, like the mention of Vin's father, but... Uh, Obviously setting up a thread for later on, because nothing really came of that to start with. And, yeah, I enjoyed... Just, there are, uh, the things I took most from these chapters were, like, the little details, like how long Lord Renault's been at it, I guess. Just things like that. A lot of little notes squirreled away here. You know, what did... Uh, the, 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 her seeing her father, basically. Joe, did that throw a wrench in your theory about the Lord Ruler secretly being her dad, or is that just not... Nah, I... I not for me at least not yet i mean who who knows how honest her brother was with her because she has no idea what her father looks like that's just the guy that was pointed out to her by her brother so mm-hmm. you know who, who, yeah. i can't i'm not gonna take that uh for the absolute truth because we we don't know what her brother was doing to her he was obviously abusing her in other ways so yeah rain is not a trustworthy source in any way at this point <laughs> and for all we know that's all rain knows as well you know why? Yeah, if true. um, if Vin's mother was like so terrified of even what Vin possibly was, why would she be honest about who the father was? So without yeah, a DNA true. test, Green may have been. Yeah, he may have been fathered by somebody completely different. 
maybe Reen was saying that's my dad, and Vin assumed that meant it's also <laughs> her dad. Right. Okay. Well, let's start moving into what happened here, and we'll see what else pops out as we go along. So the, the first bit that we get is the whole description of uh, Vin and her gown and her being annoyed by it. Which, not at all surprising. No. Oh, we, we missed the epigraph. Oh, we totally did miss the epigraph. Thank you, because that's kind of a big thing where it's, he's talking about like, what, what would it be like if everybody could be united under a single empire and set aside mm-hmm. all their differences. And then he's like, ah, it could never happen. I guess this is... Like if there was ever confirmation that this these epigraphs are said in the past, it's this one, because clearly the final empire doesn't exist yet, because that's exactly what this is, so... Yeah, it definitely sounds that way, I'll, I'll give you that. But it's, it's interesting to hear this guy's thoughts. It's kind of it's kind of hitting hard, it's like, hey, this is a guy who wants to unify the whole world, huh? Wink. Who do you think that <laughs> might be, wink? Yeah, they're really leaning hard on pointing it that way. It's like it's like the classic, oh, you know, it's too obvious, it can't... Like, it can't possibly be that, and it's like, but then the fact that it's obvious is what's not obvious, so then it's actually going to circle back and turn out it really is him, because that's the least expected thing, because it was so obvious. Yeah, I was pretty sure that it wasn't the Lord Ruler, and then now I'm reading it, and sort of after what I thought in the last episode, that maybe he didn't defeat the Deepness, and something that Vin says in the uh, first chapter with the ball as well. Maybe it is. Maybe he does think he's doing the right thing, and, and maybe he figures this is the only way that we can have unity, and it's to destroy everything that doesn't conform. So, you know, it, we still don't know anything about the Lord Ruler, really. We don't know what he's like. Kelsey has met him. You know, Vin hasn't ever seen him, doesn't want to see him. You know, maybe maybe he did start out with the best of intentions, or I don't know. But I'm I'm starting to lean a little bit to, more towards it is the Lord Ruler now. But I'm sure that will flip flop a hundred times before we finish the book. <laughs> well, that's you make. A, I mean, it's an interesting point. We haven't met the Lord Ruler. For all we know, he might be a really nice guy in person. I mean, for all we know, he could actually already be dead, and it's just like a you know the puppet lord <laughs> system. It's like no one's no one sees him, but all the nobles like pretend he's still there just for the sake yeah, of unity. For all, for all we know, he could be played by Mark Hamill. I mean, we just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all, all this person in the epigraph is someone who really was trying to do the right thing, defeat the deepness and bring bring unity, and they failed. Failed, and then, well, I, what we know right now is that the Lord Ruler has at least taken credit for having defeated the deepness. So if some guy failed, then I guess either the Lord Ruler came along after and defeated the deepness, or he took credit, took for, credit for He pretended that he defeated it? Yeah, I don't know. In a surprise twist, prophecy this, and... in a surprise twist, this guy fails and it turns out Rashek took up his duties and Rashek is the Lord Ruler. Hi-oh! <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's such a nice guy, though. Is this your new theory because of Adium and Volcanoes not being Adium, Adium panning out? Workouts. He's got to come up with a new yeah. crazy off-the-wall. <laughs> Wild Lord Ruler is Rashek. i got to have something. Yeah, <laughs> got to have something. Yeah, i got to work out the next crackpot theory that is totally wrong, but I'll hold to it <laughs> no matter what. Still working on that. We need, yeah, a, we need a new joke to tell at every turn. Be like, it's volcanoes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Sanderson's wrong, okay? It is volcanoes. Uh, maybe volcanoes. <laughs> doesn't understand. Metal. It'll be the surprise twist in a future novel. <laughs> we still don't know what the ninth metal is or does, so totally could still be volcanoes. You could just move your prediction over. <laughs> Every new metal that's introduced. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the ninth metal, I mean, if we're if we're saying if we're seeing Adium as the future, then I I don't know maybe ninth mm. metal is you see what happened in the past. I mean, 
think of <laughs> of what other opposite there could be. That yeah, I mean, that kind of that kind of makes sense with how we have it laid out so far. Although I don't, I'm trying to think of how that could be useful. It, I guess depends on what past you're seeing and how far in the past you're seeing. If you're seeing like a few seconds into the past, it's like, well, I, I was there for that. <laughs> No, that's that's the ultimate. Like you go back, it's just like, oh, I just thought of the best comeback after that person walked away. Go back to the past. Ha <laughs> Oh, it could be like uh, like uh, the Omega thirteen device in um, Galaxy Quest, where it's like you push the button and you go back in time thirteen seconds. Oh god, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie since I was like four or five. It's a great movie. It's not that old, is it? I don't remember. I don't know. I was young. <laughs> now we have to look at it. Up. I... Hold on. <laughs> crime scene I mean I, I feel like you would have had to have been like 9 or 10 wait what was that 1999 yeah it was 10 okay so crime scene investigators maybe they could use the ninth metal you know if it, if it could work to show them what happened in a certain location in the past depends how far you could go back right and if you could go back say to uh, Cameron's lair or something you'd be able to figure out what information was told so they, they could still Ooh. be um, oh that's how they're tracking them Inquisitors using the ninth metal. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Kelsier said he didn't know how they were doing it, so. Yeah, true. but Kelsey doesn't know everything as much as he pretends that he does. <laughs> also true. <laughs> yep. Very true. Also, wasn't this power like a Batman thing in one of the Arkham games where he like rewound time or something with his vision, detective vision? I, oh, yeah. That I, was I think that it was, it was giving a lot of credit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, the, it was like the prequel Arkham game. Oh, Origins? Oh. Oh, sorry, and, I brought it up. Uh, they also carried. <laughs> <laughs> they also put it in Arkham Knight because I guess people liked it from that game. I don't know. Okay. Detective Vision just got too powerful. It was sad. <laughs> hey, anyway, back to Sanderson. Okay, so back to Sanderson, as he said. So she's got these really nice dresses and jewelry, and she starts thinking, you know what? I could just take this and those three thousand boxings, and uh, I could live for like decades on all this money. And she kind of has to admit herself that, like, despite what everything that she learned from Reen, she's like, I actually kind of want to stay and see if this group of people who, like, trust one another is a real thing. She's slowly starting to feel like she is one of the group. She might not admit it, but that's definitely how she's feeling right now. Yeah, I, I think she's really hesitant to admit it because she doesn't want to admit that she trusts these people because then she, if what she's afraid is true happens, then she was a sucker who fell for it. It's like that song from Hercules where Meg won't admit that she's in love. Just okay. like that. No way. I won't say I'm in love. It's also like another Final Fantasy game. Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII. The main character has major trust issues because he was orphaned as a child and abandoned by his only known sister. They were all orphans. It yeah, but out, so. he, yeah, it didn't turn out they were all orphans. Anyway, so moving on. <laughs> so they've got uh, – she gets to the party and it's this big uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. Before she even gets there, Kelsier just kind of randomly drops into the carriage and surprises them because he likes to be I a jerk. And... Doesn't he just – like she just pointed out at one point, it's like, we could have given you a ride if you'd asked. Yep. She's just, got, she's just gotten so fed up with his dramatic entrances. And he's like, no, no, that's fine. And they have a discussion about does she really need to do this? And he's like, yes, we need you to do this thing. And there, here comes here comes the line that uh, is kind of calling back to what we talked about last time, where Vin's like, that could mean the death of a lot of noblemen. And Kelsey's like, I can live with that. How about you? For any mute while babies are screaming. Oh, okay. 
Lord Ruler will not be there tonight. She's happy to hear that. I feel like anyone would be happy to hear that. Maybe he's the life of the party when he shows up. You don't know. <laughs> I was expecting for him to turn up, though, unexpectedly, because we get thrown into things pretty quickly in this book. And um, I was like, oh, no, now they've said that he won't be there. He's going to be there for sure. <laughs> Fortunately, he Well, wasn't. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean we Vin, Vin's never seen him, so there's every possibility he actually was and just, like, going incognito. <laughs> he could be the guy. I feel like C's. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Sazed would have would have been able to figure it out if he was there. Well, I mean, what they when she points out her father, they never actually put a name to him. So, and like yeah, Sazed never never, bald, never saw him. Guy. Yeah, the only description we get is later on when she's like bald, eye tattoos, <laughs> like ev- like every single one of them. <laughs> Well, and that's because she couldn't give a name, and Kelsey's like, look, next time you see him, just point him out. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to be someone really important. <laughs> yeah. We have a little discussion about, you know, if the Lord Ruler did show up, he can't read minds, it's fine. And she's like, are you sure? And he goes, well, no, actually, I'm not sure. But if he can, he doesn't do it all the time. That would be my theory at this point. I'm like, the Lord Ruler could totally read minds. They're, they're throwing it in here early. Well, I don't know. It just seems like they, every time a power comes up of any sort, they just attribute it to the Lord Ruler. He can't do anything. Like, Kim Possible. Sure. I was bulimic. You can read minds? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this, is like, this episode is just going to be all these movies I haven't seen in absolute yonks. Yep. <laughs> That's going to be wait, every wait, wait, episode. Wait. That and Final For Fantasy. For our non... Yeah, exactly. For our non-Aussie friends, Dak, what is Yonks? Uh, years, a long time. Yeah. I've been talking to you guys for so many years, I forget what slang I've given you and what I, and what slang I haven't. Yeah. See, I know that one, but I think it's also British. Like, I feel like I've heard British people use that. Yeah, it's more than possible. That Aussie slang brought to you by the Sanderlanch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we can get endorsements off that. <laughs> Okay, let's see. I, I, I like Vin shot him a glare that he couldn't see, but ducked her head back inside when she's when she's hanging her head out and seized as like properly young ladies do not gawk. <laughs> it really goes with what we what we get later, where Vin, where Kelsey's like, oh, give one of those glares that you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> and it's it's got a section. Oh, sorry, babies, it's almost their bedtime, so they're screaming now. Um, it's got a section where someone is helping her down from the thing, and she's like, oh my gosh, I just now realized why women get helped down. It's not a silly custom, it's the clothing that's silly. Can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's like, oh man, I love this dress. I can't friggin' move in it. So we move into a section that I felt like went almost too fast, but I think it was kind of a necessity. Where she's really terrified for a moment, and then she realizes, wait, they're all seeing, like, the dress and the makeup and the the jewels. It's like I'm hiding in plain sight, and then she's comfortable with it. And I felt like she got over that probably more quickly than is justified, but it would also be kind of hard to draw it out in this setting. Yeah, and it's just, I guess it comes back to, you know, if you're going to be a survivor on the streets, you've got to learn to adapt to your situation, so... I guess that when she realized that they weren't all gawking at her and they weren't like, oh, you know, what is this scar doing here? You know, she wasn't immediately found out. She did blend in. So there's a certain level of comfort that will come with that. Yeah. Yeah, blending definitely helps, I agree. And then Sazed gets her a table all alone, kind of off on the side, and uh, 
says, you know, you don't need to mingle this time. It's fine. But after you're done eating, men will come and ask you to dance. They are not prepared for. But it's like, it's okay. You can turn them down. <laughs> yeah, this time. Yeah. She's like, what the hell? You didn't teach me to dance? It's like, I didn't have time. <laughs> like, I was totally expecting Says to just go, hey, I barely taught you to do all the other customs because you kept avoiding my lessons. <laughs> that would totally be appropriate. I don't know that he's the no I told you so fault is guy. it? <laughs> and also, it would have been totally in character for Says to do that, so... And she takes note of all these obligators at the party, and she kind of thinks to herself, it's like, oh, while well, the garrison, the army is watching the ska, the obligators are kind of watching the nobility. <laughs> yeah, everyone's actually just under surveillance of some kind. And it talks about the, the stained glass windows that are the main decoration in this giant ballroom, which once again are all showing, like, the Lord Ruler mythological defeating the deepness kind of stuff. And once again, the deepness is like a violet, formless tentacle-like mass creeping across the windows. That's not creepy or anything. Yeah, I was like, what did, what the hell did he fight? Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just always picture it's like, all right, we've got some Lovecraftian sort of horror now, but that, that's what, that's what he fought. Yeah. Did you guys ever play? Did any of you guys ever play Fable Three? I think. No, I didn't. No. There's uh, the. Like the main bad in Fable Three is like this these weird shadow monster creature that creates all these, these other like shadow tentacly monsters and it that's what it puts me in mind of. I haven't played it in such a long time though I don't recall everything but that's what this deepness makes me think of. It's a giant tentacle monster, you know. <laughs> Japanese anime. Okay. Oh oh no. <laughs> but then we move into um. I, I, I like the way that she thinks about it, where she's like, and I can't even find the exact place, but she's thinking about it, like, you know, what was this thing? What did the Lord, what is, did the Lord Ruler really manage to defeat it? And she's like, her instincts whispered that it was a scam, that the Lord Ruler had invented some terrible menace that he'd be able to destroy in the past so that he could earn being the Emperor. She's just, she, she goes to scam really quick. That's her, uh, her base. Yeah, but I guess this is one where, because of the epigraphs, um, like, unless they're all a load of bullcrap as well then we have anecdotal evidence that the uh, deepness really did exist because someone was out there fighting it because they got mentioned in the epigraphs. So, mm-hmm. like, unless those epigraphs are also full of crap, then... But they don't say what the deepness is. So they could have been fighting something, but they don't say what it is. And it's pretty easy for the Lord Ruler to turn around and go, oh, yeah, yeah, it was this this big, like, tentacle monster. Yeah, yeah, I totally defeated that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yep, fair point. Would be kind of funny if, like, we been we read these epigraphs the whole book, and at the end, it somehow turns out that it was like all bullshit. That it was it's like a propaganda story that the Lord Ruler set up. That I I I feel like I would feel a little bit cheated at the end of the book if we've been theorizing <laughs> about it the whole time. And it was like, nah, just pulling your leg. It's psych. <laughs> he's sitting there and he's like, okay, I've got to write this diary. And then leave it somewhere for someone to find. <laughs> Set up this whole prophecy just so I can look really cool later. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> uh, and then Vin has actually kind of her first moment where she thinks not too badly of the nobility. Where she's looking at them thinking how like nice and distinguished this whole place looked. And she's like, were these the same like creatures that beat her friends and enslaved the Ska? They seem too perfect, too well-mannered for such horrible acts. I wonder if they even noticed the outside world. So at her first party, she's already kind of like, hey, these these people don't seem so bad. Uh, setting up a disappointment. You think? 
<laughs> I think I think it's, it's a, gonna turn a good point ugly. though. Like, how much of these people like they're obviously not horrible to each other, so they're not well, not obviously, but maybe they are in this setting. Like they they seem to live sort of normal lives. Maybe it's higher up in the houses that they make these decisions. Like they're not physically going to go out there and be the ones to do it. They're going to make people do it. So there could be a lot of that younger generation that just don't. They're not aware. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, she could have a point. Uh, the people going to these fancy parties at night are obviously not the guys out whipping people in the fields every day. At least it seems unlikely. Yeah, the, you, but the mind just goes back to trusting. Like, he never held the whip, but he was the one giving the orders. That's uh, true. He's the kind of guy who might be going to these balls every night because he's, you know, the boss, the important guy. Yep. But if trusting had children or other people in the household that were nobility, like, they weren't outside with him while he's giving those orders. It's a bit like... You know, when you're when you're a kid or something, you don't know what your dad does at work. He just goes to work. Yeah, that's a good point. Also true. Okay, so then finishes her meal. She tries to go really slowly, but you can only make it last so long. And almost immediately, someone's like, "Hey, you want to dance?" And she says, "No." Sazed goes off to the steward's dinner so that he can listen to the servants gossip. And then Vin just kind of sits there alone for a while. And <laughs> she gets Which, bored. Yeah, I would, too. It's, like, a very awkward... She's just, like, sitting there. Nobody's even asking her to dance because word is spread that she doesn't really want to dance. So it's just like, I'm going to sit here staring at everybody. Yep. And she entertains herself for a minute by turning on copper and then tin so she can eavesdrop on people. But even that doesn't last very long. So <laughs> then she sees her dad, which we talked about. The obligator she was eavesdropping on walks over and is, like, talking to this guy. And she's like, who is this dude? I've seen him somewhere. Oh, my gosh, it's my dad. She really doesn't seem to care all that much. She's like, huh, okay, interesting. Well, I mean, she. I'm looking at the passage now. She actually did, because she freaked out thinking, he can't possibly recognize me. But just in case, I better look the other way. <laughs> True. He's, she's, she's like, there's no way. He's never even met him before, but it kind of freaked her out. So she's like, Ugh. And then she spots the balcony. And she's like, I want to go up there, because I can hide okay. <laughs> back to the, but yeah, back 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 to the shadow is what it, what she does best. Yeah, it really fits her. She can also get a different vantage point as well, having a look at the room, seeing what's happening. Well, and she's kind of fascinated it's, by the, like the windows and the carvings and stuff, so it lets her get closer to that too. It's definitely what Batman would do. <laughs> <laughs> well, not if he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's definitely what he would do. He Bruce would, Wayne like, is absolutely the life of the to party. Excuse himself, and then do some Batman stuff. Okay. Balcony's his exit point. Yeah, he he would have like three exits picked out already. But so she gets up there and she's looking, and then she's like a nice design even on the floor that she thinks is like this flowing. Like maybe they've made a design of the mist on the floor of the ballroom. And that's when a guy comes up and he's like, "See, here's the problem. We're going to refill your cup of wine. You find that your favorite spot has been stolen by a pretty girl. But this is really the only place that has good lantern light for reading. So." uh Scoot over, and we can both stand here. Because he's the sort of dude who reads at a party, which automatically is a mark mark against him. Like, I love reading, <laughs> but just like, you're at a party, dude. Like, come on. Oh, I guess I'm a bad party goer. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, no, I totally am a loser. I, where was it? The other day, maybe it was on the subreddit or something, but some somebody posted, like a girl posted this thing, like, specifically pointing at the scene and being like, oh, this guy who's, like, kind of funny and goes to parties and reads off in the corner and stuff, where has this guy been all my life? Like, this is the kind of guy I want to go out with. And 
I remember replying with like, well, most people who would like want to read at a party probably just don't go to the party. As yeah, a that's, rule. That's, 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 that's my thought as well. It's like, well, it's nothing against you if you want to read, but why, why are you here then if that's the case? Yeah. Well, I think. I mean, I, like, I guess it's it's his house, so yeah, probably enforced yeah. by his father to come down. But and I think also like he, I think we've come to learn about this uh, nobility. It's like they're all expected to go to these parties, whether they want to be there or not. There's like a there's, and they're there's, unusually there's, frequent. Yeah, there's one every week. Like you have to go to every oh. single one of them daily. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He uh, says tells her that it's like every night practically that they're having these parties so heck i would get tired of them too yeah it's like old-fashioned uh what do they call it cotillion or not cotillion what what was the thing where old southern like southern bells would go out uh like once a year when they became like 16 to parties and there was like one every night a coming out party uh i think in the states it's cotillion ours is the debutante ball here yeah debutante ball that's exactly what i was thinking of I've heard both terms used, so heard it both ways. As Sean says, so it's like, uh, so what do you? They they have a whole kind of conversation where he's. It, it, I find this just a really interesting scene because he comes up and kind of starts a conversation, and he's like, "Hey, move over! I want to read." And then he proceeds <laughs> to read, and she's kind of annoyed by this, and is like, "Hey, <laughs> you pay attention to me. I am a pretty girl at this party. You can't just stand here and not talk to me." Which seems almost like very unvin to me at this point. She likes to be ignored, kind of, and not like noticed, but she's really irritated with this guy. I think it's like she likes to be ignored when she's out in the open under the light so she can get away, but here she is in the shadows with someone else who wants to be in the shadows, so maybe she just recognizes a sort of kindred spirit. I think she says a bit later, too, that this is the first person who's actually made her be who she is, not who she is as living in the scar underground and not who she is pretending to be a noble person she's this is just genuinely her yeah yeah she admits as much like like you say later she's just like wow i was like me i was just myself with this guy how did he do that so that's an interesting it, it, it leads to an interesting conversation here and we find out that he also he's apparently noticed her because he's like why did you refuse all three men who asked you to dance and she's like there were four of them first off okay <laughs> and uh <laughs> And I just don't know how to dance that well. And the next line is, he lowered his book slightly, eyeing her. You know, you're a lot less timid than you look. Which describes Vin probably perfectly. She's got looking, like, timid down to an art, but she's got an attitude underneath that. <laughs> and they get into the thing where she asks the same question that Dak is asking, like, why would you be at the party if you wanted to just read a book and not be at the party? And uh, he says he can't dance either, but also once you've attended five or six hundred of these balls, they start to feel repetitive. Which I don't blame him for that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Still, I feel like if it's his house, he's just like, oh dear, something in the food. Oh, I better go up to my chambers. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah, we don't know anything about this guy and how his family works yet, so it's it's in, it's possible that uh, you know he could get away with something like that. They talk about how you know a little bit later how he's like known for being unconventional or whatever and just doing stuff for. To get noticed or something like that, uh, just doing stuff to outrage people. So yeah, maybe, true. maybe he can just get away with that sort of thing, or maybe his parents are like huge jerks and would not let him get away with something like that. <laughs> yeah, possible. And then she kind of tricks him into offering to dance with her a little bit, to which she thinks, "Lord, he's either incredibly smooth or socially incompetent." 
And it was disturbing that she couldn't determine which. <laughs> oh, poor Vin at her first party. This is an awkward moment to be. <laughs> and he, yeah, he's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. And then he goes off on a thing about how the ventures are an ostentatious lot that he doesn't like very much. Oh, irony. Yeah, which when we find out a little bit later that he is a venture, the heir to the house, it's like, oh, okay, that was unexpected. Yeah, no, he's he's very he he's very focused on the rights of the servants because he's complaining about how like you know the rest of the house treats them getting um the getting the party set up and taken down. So I'm like, ah, okay, like sympathetic attitude. Like that gives you sort of sort of the impression he's going to come back and Vin's going to think he's a possible ally because he'd have sympathies to their cause, looking after the 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 lower class. Yeah, I mean, it almost goes with what Jamie was talking about, where she's like, you know, maybe the young people aren't exposed to the horrors that are like perpetrated on the slaves. If although he's clearly exposed to it somewhat because he talks about like how the Avengers beat these people when the, the hall's not perfectly clean the next morning. But yeah, uh, I mean, he's exposed to it. He seems to sort of disagree with it, but he doesn't actually do anything about it. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is. But is he too young to do anything about it? He's the heir to House Venture. As a lord, would he be any better? Would that make him an outcast in noble society as well? You know, it's well, balancing. It could also be out of self-interest. It's like, yeah, I don't like the way like these people are treated, but if I speak out against it, I could lose my my right to this estate and the fortune that comes with it. So like, if I want to look, I, I got to look out for myself and make sure I don't wind up, you know, lo- being disinherited. So true. Yeah. They're definitely setting it up. Like this guy is going to, we will see this guy again later. Yeah. Otherwise this chapter spent a whole lot of time on him for no reason. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll find out more. And then says, finds out who she was talking to and is like, Oh crap. This is very, very bad. And she's like, he was a bit annoying in a pleasant sort of way. (laughs) Uh, Vin, you poor thing. I do think it's a little bit suspicious that Ellen's clearly been watching her the whole time because not only does he know how many people have come up, like he's watched her refuse all all her possible suitors, but he also Mm. knows exactly who her servant is. He looks over and goes, oh, your terrorisman's there. It's like instantly just picked out. I know which servant is yours, and I know where he is. So maybe but also, he was standing with her for a lot of the time as well. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. He just picked him instantly out of the crowd just then. Mm. We do know from earlier that the Terrasman stewards wear on their front like layers of big V-shaped, colorful cloth that shows like the house colors that they work for. So presumably, it's easy to pick one out if you know the colors that you're looking for. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, he definitely seems to have been paying some attention here, and maybe he's got more on the ball and stuff than we're led to believe at first. And then they leave with a sazed mumbling about like how he shouldn't have gone away to the service dinner and such. It's like, oh, mumble, this girl. And we move into the next chapter, where uh, we get some more talk about Rashek, and it's like, I know I shouldn't let a simple Pac-Man disturb me, but he's from Terrace. That's where the prophecies are from. Wouldn't somebody from there be able to, like, pick out a fraud? Uh, but I will meet my destiny walking and feeling Rashek's eyes on my back, jealous, mocking, and hating. So this guy gets a decent amount of focus in these epigraphs, at least. So it kind of leads you to to thinking that we may see something happen with him later. Yeah, like, 
got to be got to be setting him up for something in particular. Maybe he was sacrificed to the deepness to tie them back or something. Oh, that would be dark. Like this, mm-hmm. the guy who's supposed to be the good guy, this hero who's trying to save the world. When you get to the end, he's like, "Oh, I have to kill someone to save the world." Well, what about this guy? He's a jerk. Why don't we kill him? <laughs> yeah. Not just that, but it's like the the, the terrorists uh, seem to be unilaterally described as servants and whatnot. So this sets up the whole class thing. It's like, well, this guy's a servant. He's not important. Take him. <laughs> All right. This one's uh, this theory's wild. Okay, so bear with me because. Yeah, I'm not even going to put this in predictions because it's just too wild, all right? <laughs> okay. Whoever the whoever wrote these epigraphs was who the prophecy was about. But then Rashek wants to be who the prophecy is about. So Rashek kills the guy who wrote the epigraphs and becomes the Lord Ruler, pretending he is the chosen one. And uh, the terrorists are, uh, don't like that because he's they know the truth and they know that he's wrong uh the other terrorists so they're trying to take him down because they know that he is not actually the one who should be the lord ruler i can get behind that mm. it's wild I'm, I'm grasping at straws here but well he gets rid of there. the the keepers so it's not not as wild as he is out there. Apparently, he really hates the keepers or is scared of them. Is what says says the Lord Ruler. So he's uh, he's got a fear of these terrorists, which if they remembered some sort of truth about him, that would kind of make sense. Although in that case, you have to assume that Sazed also knows this, since he is one of that group. Yeah, my the- <laughs> my my extension of the theory is that Sazed is actually going to double cross them. Really? Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go with that theory then I would say that Sazed has to be complicit in it. Okay. Interesting. After all the love that Sazed got in the last couple chapters, that's just, that's cold, dog. I mean, uh, I still I still love him. I just, uh, you know, interesting evil characters can still be loved. That's true. Okay. Uh, moving into the next chapter, we get Vin is kind of sitting there, and everybody's... Uh, She's thinking about Ellen a little bit, actually, and thinking that this is where we, we talked about how she was being herself, and she, she thinks maybe he used Alamancy uh, on me, but then thinks, no, wait, that couldn't have been it, because I had my copper on, so um, I'll be more cautious the next time. She assumed yeah. they would meet again. They'd better. That, that said, Clubs did make a point that like when we first met him and Breeze, it's like, you can't really trust a soother regardless of if he got copper or not so you know maybe ellen is just that good of a soother clubs does make that point that's why he, he stays out and comes back later but interesting so okay and uh let me think uh, lord renu and kelsier come in and they have a discussion about Ellen and the fact that she met this guy and he's really important and it would be a giant scandal for the two of you to be like seen together or for something to be going on. And uh, we get that moment that someone mentioned earlier about like Lord Renu being saying that he's, he met Ellen when he came to his lands like four years ago or something like that. I'm trying to find exactly where it is, so I'm saying the right thing. But. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got it here. Like, Reno says, I met the lad perhaps four years ago when his father visited the West. And then Vin thinks, oh, there's no way he's been imitating Lord Reno for that long. Kelsey only escaped the pits two years ago. Mm-hmm. So unless this is a very long game that Kelsey is, like, set up before he even got captured. 
I mean, you know, it's probably not a bad idea to have, like, someone impersonating a nobleman on your side anyway, so it could be something that they set up ages ago. It's true. Did he perhaps meet him not as Lord Renault? And could be. part of why he can't be seen. Yeah. Or else... That's an interesting or else, point, yeah. Or else whoever is impersonating Lord Renault is, like, sort of absorbed all his memories as well, and, like, is just trying to... Finding it difficult to distinguish mm. those from... His, his or its own, if it is a, a Mistwraith. Oh, by the way, I figured out why I kept saying Mistfiend. It's a Dresden Files reference. Oh! <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that's totally... Okay. I, I got the two franchises mixed up. My bad. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you were in, like, Turncoat, you said, right? So that's totally where the Mistfiend uh, pops up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um... So what I'm trying to remember what was it they say about Elland being injured? They don't think he's a misting or misborn because he was injured during like a fight or something. If that was any time to show that you had powers, that would have been it. Like he was almost mm-hmm. killed in that battle or something. Yep. So basically, they're like, no, he's he's not a misting or misborn because he almost died, and you would definitely have shown your powers then if you uh, had any. Of course, I I don't know. I've, I've I feel like that's kind of a weak statement because if you're a misting who is a soother, then when people are attacking and you're almost dying, you even if you did use your powers, they might not be noticed. So, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Or else it could just be a long scam. It's like whatever his powers are, they're like they're so valuable. It's like you cannot reveal them now. You have to. We'll we'll, we'll need that later. Oh God, I Boy, sound like Vin. It. Yes, it's a scam. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Boy's got adium for days. He, like, naturally produces adium in his body, and he sees all futures. I feel like if that were the case, like, it'd just be like, oh, battle coming, get the fuck out of here. Right? You don't even have to reveal it. You just, like, accidentally weren't there when they showed up. Uh, okay, and then they're they're really kind of ragging on Vin, and they're like, don't talk to this guy, you know. And Lord Renew is like, besides, child, it's unlikely that Ellen Venture has any real interest in you. He's known Ooh. to be a court eccentric. He's probably just trying to heighten his reputation by doing the unexpected. So, man. yeah. Eat shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she tries to change the subject, so she's like, oh, I saw my dad. And that's when we get the whole, I don't know, bald, eye tattoos. Because <laughs> you're like, okay, just, just point him out next time. <laughs> you know, bald, eye tattoos, he looks like my dad. What do you want to know? I don't understand. <laughs> And then Kelsier goes to leave, and she's like, he's he's being too nonchalant. He usually tells us uh, what he's going to do. And so she's like, I think I will retire. And Sazed and, instantly is just like, no, you're not. Yep. Sazed totally knows that she's up to something, but can't say anything, because he doesn't know exactly what. And she goes outside to follow Kelsier, and she finds what... I believe is never, maybe never necessarily named, but in the annotations is called a spikeway. Ooh, that's a cool name. Yeah. So what do you guys think of this, like, high-speed Owlmancer highway that they've installed out here? I thought it was really I thought clever. it was cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I was confused. So it made it sound like the bars were stuck in the ground, but she picks one up. I guess yeah. she uses Owlmancy to pull it out, but my thinking was why would you tear up part of the highway i thought it would be like something more permanent that's yeah i I thought about that too because but i don't know maybe it doesn't need it doesn't need to be stuck in there that much to be kind of permanent 
and she just kind of rips it out. I don't know. Yeah, it's just got to be enough for them to be able to push against too. So, right. I mean, they're heavier, so they're going to go in the opposite direction. No, that's a lie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just interesting how quickly she can move on these, just pushing herself. And she's like, I got to hear twice as fast as a guy on a horse. She's basically just bouncing off this in midair. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Just like a, a series of bounces. She's Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Tigger. Now I'm just picturing Tigger in a Mr. Sinister cloak, and it's like, whoa, that's a... That's yeah, that's a weird one. Image. <laughs> the fluffy tail sticking out underneath. <laughs> Somebody on the subreddit posted a picture of like Shaggy and Scooby, and Shaggy was wearing like one of the mist cloaks, and I was like, okay, this is weird. But it's still funny. Uh, and then I love the moment... Uh, well, she, she's trying to follow Kelsier, and she loses him. And then she just kind of ends up at Keep Venture without n- admitting to herself that she meant to go here. And she happens across Kelsier again and is worried that wow, he might she, be here to kill Ellen. She's uh, she's fallen hard. And, and really, I mean, they had one conversation. I mean, what's going on? It's a good question. Well, she's a, she is like a 16-year-old girl. So teenagers do not make the best love uh, decisions in general. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the part that I love is when Kelsier uses her trick of, like, shooting the coin bag so she thinks it's him and then surprising her. And he's like, a good thief can steal clever tricks as easily as he steals boxings. Which, random fun fact that I found out uh, this week when I posted, I posted a picture on the Facebook and Twitter of uh, the coins that we talked about. And in the process, I was like, you know, I've never really looked at the symbols on the coins, what do they spell out? And I went through and translated it before I realized, oh, the website where you can buy them actually tells you what they say. I didn't have to go through the <laughs> trouble of translating. <laughs> but uh, boxings is a slang term for the coin. They're actually called an imperial. And that's what the boxing says on it is one imperial. Oh. And the, the boxing is a slang term because apparently they think the Lord's, the Lord Ruler's Palace looks box-like on, that, on the front of the coin. Hmm. Also, just while I'm in the random fun facts, other random fun fact for this week that came out of the annotations is uh, that Brandon Sanderson says the idea for Sazed, the original like germ of the idea, came from the movie The Mummy, where uh, there's the one scene. I assume everyone has seen The Mummy, even if it's yes. been many years. A long time ago, yeah. There's the scene where The Mummy is attacking, about to attack the one guy, and he pulls out like five or ten different religious symbols and starts like doing prayers for the different religions, hoping that one of them will work. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that was the the gem of the idea for Sazed, is this guy with all these different religions. <laughs> I mean, I get that, but personality-wise, that guy's like the complete opposite of Sazed. No, yeah, not like him at all. <laughs> okay, so they, they talk about Ellen and how he's not a misting. We talked about that. Because there, Vin's like, Venture, House Venture has Mistborns, and Kelsey's like, yeah, probably. I mean, most of the great houses do. You just don't know who they are. They're secret. And so then they have another trust talk where he's like, Vin, you cannot be out following me like this. We need to have some trust here. And she's like, hey, you don't trust me or you'd tell me where you were going. And it gets into a whole thing where it's it's very, to me, like teenager logic also. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, this older, more experienced guy, like she's like, you know, you would tell me where you were going if you trusted me. And then he's like, no, this is really too dangerous for you to come. And 
then he's like, you're just going to come anyway, aren't you? And she thinks about it for a second. He's like, yep. So it's just, I like that she admitted it, but still it's, and the fact that he lets himself be convinced by this to be like, okay, I guess I'll take her because she's going to follow me anyway. It's just bad, bad thinking all around, in my opinion. Well, you know, he's not a real dad. <laughs> what do you expect? He's not a real dad. <laughs> I feel like he's just not equipped to deal with this sort of thing. Just from the conversation he had with Marsh, like, I really got the impression that Marsh was the paternal figure in the family when they were growing up. So Kelsey was the irresponsible one. And so now he's there all of a sudden on the other side of that conversation, just going, oh, I guess it'd be hypocritical for me to try and turn this down. All right, let's do it. <laughs> also, maybe it's safer for her. Like if he knows that she's there and they're working together rather than her do something that's going to sabotage his plan. Like he's, she's going to come anyway. He knows that she's going to tag along and he can't mm. control anything she's going to do. At least if they're working together, he knows where she is. Yeah, that's true. She might pull another nail. <laughs> yeah, slam it right in her face. <laughs> She'll look like Hellraiser or Pinhead, I guess. Yeah, Pinhead. And then we finally find out what Adium, the tenth and most powerful, he says, of the known alimantic metals, does. And each bead is ridiculously expensive, worth more than that entire bag of three thousand boxings. So finally, we know it's not volcanoes. Sadly, bullshit. Oh, we know we know what it does. What do you guys think of Adium <laughs> now that we've experienced it? Makes sense why it's so highly valued. Makes sense that it's so powerful. Makes sense that Kelsier could have totally have used it to destroy that dude's estate at the beginning of the book. I mean, it's living up to the hype. I actually feel the other way. I was a little bit let down. I thought it was going to be something a bit more dramatic than <laughs> this. Uh, I you don't also know, maybe was thinking it was volcanoes well yeah but i, just, I assumed it would yeah, be you can't live up to that hype I, I just assumed it would be something at least a bit more externally um powerful rather than just enough like a sort of a mental power uh, thing going on just because you know trusting's estate like it got burned to the bloody ground i assumed it was yeah i i just i just thought it would be something that had a bit more flair to it i mean this is still a cool power to have but i'm just like oh you just rewind time a little bit and, or no, sorry, you've, um, you just go into the future a little bit and just see how things play out, and then you predict accordingly. Like, ah, oh, okay. Not quite where I thought this was going. It's more subtle, I guess. I was expecting something more overt. Mm-hmm. But a huge advantage if no one else was using it. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, in a fight with other people, you, like he says, you're almost invincible. Like, you know where their punches or knives or thrown coins, you know where all of this is going to go, and you cannot be there when it gets there. So, in, in like, a personal fight, it's really, really powerful. It's not as explosive as, you know, like, a volcano blowing yeah. blowing up an entire house and burning everything down, but... But also, I get the feeling it probably wouldn't be that useful in, like, a battle with, like, a whole lot of other people, because that's a lot of things you have to try and keep track of. Like, if you've that's got, true. like, you know, an entire army coming at you, all of their own swords, bows and arrows and everything else, and you're trying to keep track of where every single one of those things is going to land, you'd just be overwhelmed. Doesn't it also give you, like, that clarity or that space to be able to figure out what to do next? It does say yeah, that, it, that it, it enhances your mind to let you deal yeah. with all the new information you're getting. Still, I don't know. I guess I have to see it in action more. There's probably 
I mean, if you think about it as a whole army of people against one person, then I'm sure there's a way that they can all be swinging their swords, but there's no way that you can dodge. You know where every sword is coming, but you can't get away from all of them. So yeah. um, you could probably overwhelm someone that way, but it would, I feel like, probably take extreme coordination in what everyone is doing. Uh, it just makes me think there's a fight in one of the Marvel comics a while back between there was a, a, a bad guy called Mr. X, like well, a masterful name, but his thing was like he could predict <laughs> where he could always predict where every single blow someone was like uh, throwing at him was going to land. So like if someone was punching him, he knew where it was coming so he could always dodge and duck it. And then I remember that power and then he got into a fight with Quicksilver who said, oh, good, you can see where everything's going like, to is going to come in and land, but what's going to happen when your body is not physically fast enough to catch it anyway? And Quicksilver just beat the shit out of him. Well, that's true, and you did have a theory last time about super speed being involved somewhere, so... <laughs> oh, that was totally bad. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the ninth medal. You just watch. It'll be super speed, and that's how you get around Adium. <laughs> no, no, that'll, that'll be the 11th medal. Oh, yeah, the one he doesn't know how to use yet. He just hasn't tried moving super fast. That's the solution. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, he doesn't know how to vibrate his body like the Flash. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> And the chapter ends after the Adium explanation with her being like, does this mean you're taking me? And he's like, I'm probably going to regret it, but I can't make you stay behind short of tying you up. Uh, so he's going to and he, he warns her this is going to be very, very dangerous. But clearly she's not really paying attention or it's not landing to her that, hey, this could be really dangerous. So she gets some more Adium. And the, the other interesting thing here is just like these tiny, tiny beads and how valuable they are. And she kind of stares at it for a while, and he's like, you, you can't sell it. Thieving crews try, but they get hunted down and murdered because the Lord Ruler does not want this Adium like, getting around, basically. So it's very, very valuable stuff. And Kelsey even has a conversation. He's like, you know, Adium is only valuable because of Allomancy. If we didn't burn it, then it wouldn't be worth what it is. But if we do burn it, it makes it even more rare. So it's a whole weird relationship. Ask Cam about it. He loves talking about Adium economics. So really, is a thing that people talk about. Of, of, of course, Ham's into that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, that I feel like that's a, that's one of those very deep discussions that doesn't actually come up very philosophical thing. Because it's not like you can make changes to Adium economics. The Lord Ruler is the one in charge of what happens with it. So, but anyway, <laughs> we get to the end. Kelsier gives her some more metal, and they're about to go and invade the Lord Ruler's palace, which. I, I always, I always get to this point, and I'm just like, this is a bad idea. Why would you <laughs> want to go to the Lord Ruler's house? Why would you take Vin? No. But, you know. I mean, hopefully he explains what they're doing when he goes there, because he says he's hoping not to run into the Lord Ruler this time. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it really any worse idea than three 11-year-olds jumping down a pit to fight obstacles and kill a dark wizard to steal a stone? <laughs> Yeah, but they were kids making that choice. <laughs> Kelsier is a grown-ass man. Also, no one approved of them jumping down that pit. Just, you know, there, there was a dog in the way. They weren't supposed to do that. And I just like to point out, as I always do, that they made that situation worse. <laughs> like, the, the he never would have gotten the stone until Harry got there. So if Harry just stayed in bed that Dumbledore would have come back and been like, hey, this guy's trying to steal the stone. I better stop him. Yeah, that's true. If only like Harry how... had some Adium. 
It's like how um, if Indiana Jones had just stayed teaching, uh, you know, the Ark of the Covenant would not have been uh, uncovered. <laughs> they probably would have found it eventually, just by digging up the whole area. But and then yeah. their faces would have been melted off. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It happens any like Indiana Jones doesn't make a big difference in that movie. Everybody, everybody's faces gets melted, and would have happened if he hadn't been there. So, I guess the only thing that happens in this case, is he gets it to the art to the U.S. government afterwards to hide in a giant warehouse. I don't know why we're talking about these movies where the, the, the main <laughs> character's actions actually hurt the situation, but maybe, maybe that's what's going to happen in Mistborn. They'll just make everything way worse than it would have been if they hadn't interfered at all. Turns out Lord Ruler dies of a heart attack and everything goes to chaos before they can do anything. <laughs> that would be the best ending ever. Like, they're just getting prepared to go in and kill him, and it's like, oh no, the Lord Ruler died. Randomly. <laughs> After a they thousand years. <laughs> Natural causes. They walk in, he's... Yeah, they walk in, he's seizing on the ground, and they're just like, oh, looks like he's having a stroke. Well, I guess we did it. <laughs> good, Quick, good somebody work, stab team. him. Oh, gosh. Now I want that to be the end. <laughs> I'm going to write that book now. <laughs> I mean, no, maybe that totally is the end. The, you, you guys don't know. It could totally happen. Ugh. <sighs> Way to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ruined forever. Uh, okay. Any last thoughts about these chapters? Um, I j- was just skipping back to the chapter where Kelsia attacked like House Venture uh, a few chapters ago. Because I was like, mm-hmm. did we see Lord Venture in that? It turns out, no, we didn't, as far as I can tell. No. Um, and so that's making me think, so we, don't also, we also don't know what Lord Venture looks like. What happens oh. if the person Vin thinks is her dad is also Lord Venture, so Ellen could possibly be her half-brother? That might explain that, that their connection oh that they had so quickly. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's totally possible. Wait, obligators aren't considered nobles, though, are they? But that's only if the obligator really is her dad. Yeah, yeah also, that's true. Well, we really don't know that much about obligators at this point. We know they all have the eye tattoos and they work for, you know, the Lord Ruler in the Steel Ministry or whatever. But the details of, like, their home life we don't have. I think towards the beginning it's mentioned that the Obligators are kind of also property or, like, rented by the nobles to work for them or something. But it's really kind of vague Uh, on the relationship. Uh, I I think so far the only thing we've heard specifically about Straff Venture is that after Kelsier's attack... He claimed that, like, three Mistborn had showed up at his keep specifically to try and assassinate him. Mm. So we know he's full of himself. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems odd that, much like the Lord Ruler, he's another character who ostensibly is important, and we still don't even know what he looks like. Meanwhile, there's another character who we see but isn't named. I think, okay, there's there's got to be a reason for all this. I, yeah, I feel like... Yeah, her, like, Vin's father has got to be someone whose name we have heard before. And at the moment, the only two characters I can think of who we've heard, we've heard described quite a bit, but we haven't actually met, are the Lord Ruler and Lord Venture. Mm-hmm. There could be others. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, I mean, that can lead us right into predictions. This, uh, Dax, since you're already talking, do you have some predictions for us this week? Not really as such. I have been thinking about what Joe was saying about how the Lord Ruler uh, could be Vin's father. And I think, well, maybe that's how... Like, that's the that's the difference between Mistborns and Mistings. Like, Mistborns are direct um, children of the Lord Ruler. Mistings are people who he granted the power or whatever. But, again, that's just 
clutching at straws. Interesting. So if every great house has like a couple misborn, the Lord Ruler's getting around a lot. Well, I mean, he's been around for a thousand years. <laughs> yeah, man. Would you would you say no to the Lord Ruler if he said, "Hey, let's 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 do it"? <laughs> I might. Yes. <laughs> God comes but, down and he's like, "Let's do it," and you're like, "No, nah, I'm good." I mean, think think about Zeus and how often he got around. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to get smote, is what I'm saying, if you deny him. You're going to get smote. <laughs> well, I wouldn't sleep with Zeus either, so... <laughs> but, I mean, like, you're, you're, like, to go off the Zeus myth, your consent might not, might not be a factor. I mean, didn't he once turn this himself into li- a literal golden shower and sprinkle himself on a girl's head and she got pregnant? He did that, uh, yes. it was, that was a thing. Yeah. A beam of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what Plus, about you, Jamie? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I interrupted you, Dak. Finish. Oh, just like the, the the sorry, the last note on that was that that would also throw in the wrinkle that Kelsier and Vin are related if that were the case. So that could be interesting. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. Okay, predictions, Jamie. What do you have? Okay, so Adium helps you see into the future a little bit, and you only get a little bit of Adium at a time. The Lord Ruler's uh, hoarding all the Adium. He can see further into the future than anyone else can. When, okay, just bear with me. When that battle happened where Ellen nearly died, he did really die, and now he's an imposter, and they're already on to Vin and Kelsia because the Lord Ruler's already seen it in the future. That's my prediction. Wow. Shit. That's deep. I like it. Doesn't bode well for Vin and Kelsier and their crew, though. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. If uh, yeah, if he's that far ahead of them, where he's like, I've got a guy planted specifically to meet her to set the, that would, that's like a Xanatos Gambit uh, level of uh, planning there. That's that that would be really impressive. <laughs> that's a Gargoyles reference for anyone who didn't get it. <laughs> okay, I've been watching that on Disney Plus lately. I'm just my mind is trying this to take po- in all the implications of that. That's really interesting. This podcast not sponsored by Disney Plus, <laughs> but it could be in the hey, future. Yeah, Bob. I don't Bob have Adium to see the show? future data, but maybe, just maybe, <laughs> Disney Plus will decide to become a sponsor of this fine podcast. You know, I, 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 the the plan in my head was not to ever have ads, but if like you know Bob Chapek gave me a call and was like, "Hey, we want to sponsor your show," that plan might have to change. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, we're we're a we're a book podcast. I mean, I wouldn't say no to Audible. Fine makers of audio books. <laughs> I don't or like Audible. Makers, I might say no to Audible. Bears. Audible annoys me because they they keep trying to they keep trying to trick you into signing up for their free trial and then charge you without you realizing it it they're they're shady and i don't like them and they're not going to sponsor us after hearing this but that's fine i'm on to you (laughs) yeah um audible spokesperson is also rebel wilson and i don't like her sorry what's wrong with rebel wilson just out of curiosity now oh man you don't know i don't i don't find her funny (laughs) <laughs> that that, that I don't blame you for. I, I was thinking more about the lying and and the law breaking, but yeah, sure, she's not funny. Yeah, I, I I don't know enough about that to comment. What I do know is that I've seen her in enough movies. I'm just like, look, you you might have been funny the first Pitch Perfect, and then I saw every other movie you're in, realized that, that was your entire gig. So you know what, I'm done. <laughs> 
She she does have one. It shtick. was Jenny Annie Dots in Cats. Oh no, that's not good. Nothing <laughs> is good about Cats. Not a single. Thing. <laughs> Rebel uh, Rebel Wilson's gonna want to sponsor this podcast. We're gonna have to cut all of this. <laughs> you know, what? I might be here for that. that it, I I said no to Audible, but we'll see. We'll see. Rebel Wilson, give me a call. We'll talk. Uh, no, <laughs> Joe. Predictions. Let's. <laughs> Oh, let's see. What do I predict? Uh, This is a tough one. I don't don't feel like enough happened in this chapter to make any of my predictions really change. Uh, So I'm just going to play close to the vest again and and just say immediately they're going to go to the Lord Ruler's Palace um, and it's not going to go well. And they're going to they're going to put their mission in danger by by doing this. It's a a bad idea. Bad plan. But I thought it would go really well. They get invited in for a spot of tea, and the butlers couldn't be more courteous. <laughs> yeah, dead c- terrorist men line the halls. <laughs> Why are they so dead? That's sad. Okay. Um, interesting prediction. I, I, I feel like you're not digging too deep for that one. Uh, it's, I, I, I kind of doubt anyone thinks that it's going to go well when Kel- when Vin chases Kelsier down. It's like, hey, take me with you. It'll be great. But okay, I, I'll give you that. We'll see what happens. Uh, Is this going to become a thing where every time Kelsey goes out, Vin follows, and he's just like, "Oh my god, I need got to put a bell on you." Right? It it has happened twice now, and I, I would be really annoyed if I was him. It's like we can't. And he says in this chapter, he's like, "We cannot keep yeah. doing this. This is not going to work." I thought one one I, more thought on that though, with Vin following as well. Kelsey did say like he didn't expect to live through the year, so he needs to keep her safe because she might be the Mistborn that gets them through it. Yeah, I mean, we saw even at the very beginning when they found out what Vin was, they're like, oh, wait, a second Mistborn on the team. This could make all the difference in this plan to overthrow the entire final empire. So clearly it's not something to sneeze at to have her around. And if, Yeah, and she's the only one who just doesn't appreciate that. Okay, well, let's uh, we're going to wrap up here. I want to reiterate what we hit on at the beginning of the show for the audience, but also for you guys. Four chapters for next time. These are shorter chapters, but a lot of stuff is going to happen. So the conversation might end up going a bit longer. We'll have to see. And that's something I want to try to take into account in the future as for the rest of this book, it's it's almost all two chapters. The the chapter size is pretty more or less consistent. So I've already plotted out the rest of the book and it mostly it's two chapters. Towards the end, we get one or two more episodes where it's like three chapters. This is the only time it's going to be four. But I want to take into account moving forward, not just amount of text we're reading, but like if it's a very short chapter, but so much happens that we're going to be talking about it for a longer time. want to take that into account too. So I, I am thinking about that as we move forward, but four chapters for next time, that would be chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, ending on a, a prime number that has no relevance whatsoever, but it just occurred. <laughs> also, there is way more maths in this podcast. Than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> It's the math and uh, Sandra Lanch podcast. Uh, th- th- that name was a little long, so I shortened it. But uh, math, the, the math spirit still there. <laughs> no, math Lanch sounds horrible. I don't want to be avalanched by math. That's, that's just sad. I, I got a degree in psychology. You thought you I were want to do math, okay? <laughs> you thought you were done with math after high school, but now you have to face the math Lanch. <laughs> That, that's a good announcer voice. I like that. Keep that in your pocket. 
I'm gonna be like, hey, Brock use your you? use your deep announcer voice. Brought to you yeah. by Rebel Wilson. <laughs> yeah, brought to you by Rebel Wilson and so <laughs> brought to you by Rebel Wilson and Soby Lifewater, the Mathalanche. <laughs> I did. Oh, I, I I did want to read another email that we received that was very positive. Oh, cool. uh, Sam emailed us and said, I am a big Brando fan. And uh, just side note here. Brando Sando is a short version that a lot of people use to refer to uh, Brandon Sanderson kind of colloquially. I'm not a huge fan of it. I, it sounds awkward to me to say Brando uh, Sando. But some yeah, people no, love really, it. You should, you should really go for Fanderson. Yeah. Ooh. I'm glad you explained that because I thought she was talking about Marlon Brando and I was really <laughs> proud of it. I was literally about to yell, Stella! Because I did not know what was going on. Uh, okay. <laughs> But anyway, I'm a big Brando fan, but almost none of my friends like to read. So I'm that's sad. Your friends should like to read. Reading is cool. Like at all? I know, right? That's it. Just like I, I don't read. I don't read menus and stuff either. Just I look at the pictures. But so I'm loving the content as I can experience all the first reactions to the stuff that is happening. Keep up the good work. Uh, and then there's a a PS that is semi spoilery, so I'll have to edit it some. But what Sam says is, I swear that. One of these three people uh, has read this book as their predictions are a bit too on the nose sometimes. So Ooh, I wonder who it could be. Has some good Ooh. predictions to the point that Sam is like, they're lying. They've read this book. <laughs> all right, now we need to take. T- we need to all take bets on who it is. Yeah, I'm gonna I guess it wasn't Jamie. The volcanoes, so. Yeah, I think it was Dak with volcanoes. Yeah, that must be what Sam's talking. Yeah, Dak with volcanoes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I put a dollar on Jamie. That means the odds are good on me if I put money on this and and it turns out to be me, I can make a killing. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Sam. We love having positive emails. And uh, if anybody else wants to send us emails, if you want to say nice things or ask questions that you want answered on the show or even suggest topics that happen in these chapters that you want us to touch on more so that I don't miss it while we're reviewing the chapters, feel free. It's thesanderlanch, one word, at gmail.com. If there's something from a previous chapter that we might have missed that you think oh, yeah. we should have, absolutely call oh, it good out. Good idea. Uh, you can you can add us on Twitter at the Sanderlanch. You can comment on the Facebook page. I read all of these things. Somebody, oh, somebody actually. Now that I say that, and I meant to go, somebody left us a nice tweet. Also, let me bring oh, up cool. the Twitter. I totally meant to. I'm on a different computer today, so I didn't have all my stuff already up. So hold on a second. Oh hey, we come up on Google when you search for Sanderlanch. Sander, I can't talk sometimes. <laughs> it's not good for a podcast. Yeah, usually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here it is. And of course, now I'm not going to be able to find it because I need to. Oh, there it is. So, at Muggins. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Muggins. And then who is at Lake District Ent? Lake District. And ENT. Yep, that's what that says. Uh, it says, just listen to episode three. You guys are awesome. Keep going. I started my Cosmere publishing order read through off with Elantris in July of 2018 and have just finished Words of Radiance, which doesn't mean much to you guys. Elantris was the first book that Brandon ever got published, although it was like the 11th book that he'd written. Oh, wow. And uh, so oh. we might talk we might talk about uh, just touch on when we get to some later point. He's got some interesting thoughts about his early writing and uh, trying to get published that are really hilarious. But we can touch on that <laughs> later. But Elantris's first book he wrote, in my opinion, probably not 
you know, his best ever because it's his first like published worthy one. Most people's first books are not the top of their game, but it's still really good. And Words of Radiance, which does, uh, Muggins mentions just having finished, is the second book in the Stormlight Archive, which is his epic fantasy kind of it's it's almost like his Game of Thrones uh, level of epicness is the Stormlight Archive. What this trilogy of trilogies with a four tri- four book trilogy isn't epic enough? Okay, so <laughs> Mistborn, Mistborn is extremely epic. The the Stormlight Archive probably eclipses it in epicitudinessosity. Whatever cost scale Epica. scale in scale. No, yeah, see there you go. Uh, <laughs> I was I was an English major. I have an arts degree. It's still a degree, damn it. <laughs> But anyway, that, it's that, coming that, in useful right now. That is way ahead of us, so we won't talk too much about that. But uh, anybody who hasn't read those books, Stormlight Archive starts with The Way of Kings. Awesome read. Absolutely check those out if you don't mind giant, thick books that are intimidating just <laughs> oh, to look wow. at. Oh my! You were going. I'm glad you picked this. <laughs> okay, good. To, good to know where your mind is. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just thinking about all the ways that sentence could have ended and we're just <laughs> going to go back to books it's a really thick book so much so that when the 10th anniversary edition comes out this uh, this summer they're doing a kickstarter for the 10th anniversary edition of the Way of Kings they're going to have to split it into two volumes to get it in the leather bound cover because it's just too big for one uh, leather bound volume so anyway yeah. that's everything I had to touch on uh, let, uh, talk to us, let us know, tweet, tweet at us, Facebook us, email us, all the various things you can do uh, if you want to tell us anything. But four chapters for next time. I'm really excited to get uh, to some of the stuff in here, although I was really excited to see y'all's reaction to Adium finally uh, with the volcano <laughs> thing going back and forth. But, uh, <laughs> it should be fun. And thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Bring up the brother. I'm searching for unity Everything